It is Sunday, May 16th, and we want to welcome you to the Winkler Berktaller Mennonite Church service. We are being refreshed with the blessings of spring, and we pray that as you worship with us this morning, your heart and soul will be refreshed with the Word of God. This morning, we are continuing with part five of the message series entitled, The Same Claim, The Seven Claims of Jesus to Be the Great I Am. This morning's message is Jesus the way, the truth, and the life, found in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 14. Welcome to our service. Uh, We want to start our service this morning by singing together the song, My Faith Has Found a Resting Place. The words should appear on the screen, so please join us. My faith has found a resting place, not in device or Trust the ever-living one, his wounds for me shall plead. I need no other argument, I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died, and that he died for me. saves, this ends my fear and doubt. A sinful soul, I come to him, he'll never cast me out. I need no other argument, I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died, and that he died. Ah, 
Jesus died, and that he died for me. My great physician heals the sick, the lost he came to save. For me his precious blood he shed, for me his life he Good morning, and welcome to our worship service uh, at Winkler Berchtaller Mennonite Church. Uh, of course, a big welcome to everyone who is a regular attender, but also a welcome to all those who are watching from far off, and even those who might be watching in our neighborhood but don't attend our church regularly. Thank you for joining us. We trust that this will be a time where we can all worship together, for we all serve one God. I'm going to just start with a few announcements, and then I'll get into a, an opening scripture. A uh, few announcements for today. Uh, our missionaries of the week are Preston and Myra Wheeler. Um, why not uh, look up their email address and send them a, a note of encouragement this week. Also, uh, worship services are suspended here for the time being. We'll find out if we can gather again in June. Uh, our church is looking for a church librarian. If that interests you, please contact Eileen Dick, as you see in the bulletin. And those uh, that use, make use of the Daily Bread uh, devotionals, uh, the, new, the new ones are in for the, for the June, July, and August period. Also, uh, Winkler Camp is looking for cooks. So if that interests you, please contact the camp. Look into the bulletin for more details. And then... Um, Later this month is a fundraiser for Gateway. Details are also in the bulletin. So things that we can do this week, participate in. All right, I'm going to read an opening scripture for us this morning. It's Psalm 135, in which it recognizes God for who he is, that he is the creator, that he is our deliverer, and that uh, he is like no other God. The idols are nothing. Our God is the true God. Psalm 135. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Give praise, O servants of the Lord, who stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing to his name, for it is pleasant. For the Lord has chosen Jacob for himself, Israel as his own possession. For I know that the Lord is great, and that our Lord is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does, in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all deeps. He it is who makes the clouds rise at the end of the earth who makes lightnings for the rain and brings forth the wind from his storehouses. It is he who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, both of man and of beast, 
who in the midst, who in your midst, O Egypt, sent signs and wonders against Pharaoh and all his servants, who struck down many nations and killed mighty kings, Sion, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan, and all the kingdoms of Canaan, and gave their land as a heritage, a heritage to his people Israel. Your name, O Lord, endures forever. Your renown, O Lord, throughout all ages. For the Lord will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants. The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak. They have eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear. Nor is there any breath in their mouths. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust them. O house of Israel, bless the Lord. O house of Aaron, bless the Lord. O house of Levi, bless the Lord. You who fear the Lord, bless the Lord. Blessed be the Lord from Zion, he who dwells in Jerusalem. Bless the Lord. Our God is indeed a great God, and we, it is fitting for us to recognize that as we come before him. Would you pray with me? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Father, thank you for delivering us from the shackles of sin and death. Thank you for delivering us from the bondage of unbelief and setting us free, for delivering us from darkness and bringing us into the kingdom of light. Thank you that the death of Jesus secures forgiveness of sin and reconciliation with you for those who have responded in faith. And thank you that the resurrection of Jesus guarantees victory over death and secures us, secures for us eternal life. Father, this morning we ask that you hear our prayers. We acknowledge that we are sinful people And confess that we have often not walked in your ways. But seeking to be clean before you and confessing our sin, we trust that we are cleansed and that you hear us according to your word. And so we approach your throne with confidence, knowing that you love us. Father, we bring before you this morning our land. It is dry, and this has allowed for fires to uh, happen in parts of our province, and it's also uh, a concern for farmers who are who have put in crops this spring. We ask, Father, for safety for those who battle the fires, and we ask for that rain to quench those fires. We also ask that, the, that you would send that rain to nourish the earth, that plants may grow and that crops may germinate and take root. We trust you for that. And we also bring before you some of the servants of our church. We pray for our church council executive and ask, Father, that you would give them joy and wisdom as they serve this church. 
Help them to perceive well, to discern well, and to think well. And fill them, Father, with your Spirit. Direct their thoughts and their actions. And we pray that you would protect them from the evil one who seeks to destroy their work. Bless them and their families. We lift up our missionaries of the week, Preston and Myra. Father, would you bless them in their marriage and in their family life, and bless and protect their faith. And then as they engage with, the neighbor, with their neighbors around the world, would you use the work of leader impact to bring many leaders to Christ, to bring them to maturity and to use them in the continuation of this ministry. We thank you for Preston and Myra and for their work and for their faith. And we also bring to you those in our church who are suffering. Some have had surgery recently. Some are fighting cancer and other serious conditions. And some have dementia. Some have wayward children. And some are grieving. Father, we lift them all up to you, that you would grant them peace and assurance in their struggle, that you would heal the sick, that you would cause the surgeries to be successful, and that you would strengthen those who care, who are caregivers, and that you would send your spirit to convict the hearts of the lost. You know who they are. And that you would also walk alongside those who grieve. Father, our needs are great, but you are greater, and we leave our burdens at your feet, knowing that you hear our prayers. And as we commit our hearts to worship in this hour, we ask that you inhabit our hearts and minds by your Spirit. Give us ears to hear your word preached today. And we also ask that you would accept our worship. And as we return to you of the abundance with which you have blessed us, we ask that you use it to advance your kingdom. We ask all these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Hallowed be your name. Amen. Join us again for singing. This time we want to sing the song called Satisfied. We may not be familiar with it in our church, but I think you will catch on to it quickly. Again, the words will be on the screen. Was I at- 
that would satisfy But the dust I gathered round me Only mocked my soul's sad cry Hallelujah, I have found him Whom my soul so long has craved Jesus satisfies my longings Through his blood I now am saved. Well of water ever springing, bread of life so rich and free, untold wealth that never faileth, my next number, let's sing together, God Leads Us Along. and girls. I am so glad it's worship time again and that you can join me. 
Today, the topic is Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. We find that in John chapter 14, verse 6. I'll tell you a short story about a farmer. The farmer and the birds. Farmer James was a good farmer. He had a good family, and he had animals that he cared very well for because he was a kind person. He had a nice barn that he would keep his animals in during winter time. And it was winter now. It was actually Christmas Eve. Everything was nice and prepared for Christmas. Everything was done and they were ready. So the family went to church for a Christmas Eve service. But Farmer James stayed home. He had no interest in church. Why would you want to have something like that? And then, he, as he was comfortable in his living room, he heard that the wind was picking up and a snowstorm was going to happen. But he was nice and warm inside. But then he heard a different noise from outside. He went to check at the living room window, and there he saw a flock of birds that were sitting at the barn door trying to find some shelter from the storm. But it wasn't very good shelter there. He watched for a bit, and then he thought, I better go help them. He put on his uh, winter coat, went outside. He opened the barn door so that the birds would be able to fly in there. He turned the light on, then he waited for the birds to fly into the barn because that would be safe. But they didn't. So then he waited a bit. He thought, I'd help. I will help them. So he tried to shoo them into the barn, but that wasn't doing any good. The birds got so scared, they flew this way and that way. It was no use. Then he thought in his frustration, if I only was a bird, I could talk to them, I would explain, and then they would know that I am trying to help them and I want their safety. But I am not a bird. And as he was thinking this in his frustration, then all of a sudden he heard the church bells ringing. His family, his neighbors and friends were all in church. He was thinking, and then it came to him. That is what Christmas is all about. Jesus came to tell us the words of the Father so that we would understand. Then he knelt down and he prayed. You know, that's the good thing. We have the Bible, and it has the whole way explained in there. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, Jesus was born so that he could tell us exactly with his words and also with his actions how the Father loved us. He grew up. He was baptized. He chose 12 special people to be with him so that he could teach them. And he did. 
they followed him everywhere he went to teach the people, help make people well, and forgive their sins. Then in John chapter 13 to 17, we find a very special occasion. Jesus was celebrating with his disciples the Last Supper, a very intimate supper it was. There he told them that he was going to suffer, that they would all leave him. But while after he had suffered, he would die and then put in a grave. On, on the third day, he would rise up again. And he said, I'm going to be, go to heaven to prepare a place for you. So you don't need to be afraid. I have power over everything in the world, and I will give you my peace. And that's exactly how it happened. That night and the next day, Jesus had to suffer. He died. He died because he was sinless. We all had sinned so that we could have salvation. Afterwards, after he had risen from the dead again, he was for, with the disciples for 40 days, telling them more about the way how they should live. And just on Thursday, we celebrated Ascension Day. That's the day when Jesus went up to heaven. So then he said, just before he left, he said, I will come again, but before that I will send you the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will guide you in everything that you are supposed to do. You will remember. He will remind you of everything. So, that's the command he gave us, to go and teach everybody, every nation in the world to become his disciples. And he is the only way that leads us to the Father. So how about we memorize this verse this week? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John chapter 14, verse 6. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that you prepared a way for us. You did everything that is needed. And now, Help us and guide us as we learn to walk in your way. Amen. Scripture reading is from John chapter 3, verses 1 through 16. I'll be reading from the New International Version. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. 
so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. In our Daily Bread some years ago, it stated this story. Billy Graham's daughter, Anne Graham Lutz, was on a popular news talk program. The interviewer asked, Are you one of those who believe that Jesus is exclusively the only way to heaven? He then added this. You know how mad that makes people to, uh, these days. Without blinking, she replied, Jesus is not exclusive. He died so that anyone can come to him for salvation. What a great response. Christianity is not an exclusive club limited to an elite few who fit the perfect profile. Everyone is welcome regardless of color, class, or clout. Close quote. However, is Jesus the exclusive and only way into heaven? And the answer is yes. He died for the sins of the world, and everyone who comes to them, to him, and is humble and turns to Christ will find eternal life. This morning we want to examine the sixth claim of Jesus being the great I am. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse, John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This morning, I've entitled this message, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come into your presence, we realize that no one can come before you or enter heaven without coming through Jesus Christ. He is the door. He is the way. He is the one who has provided the way through his own life that he laid down. I pray, Father, that you would give us a new glimpse into Jesus Christ, him being the door, him being the way, the truth, and the life. Now I pray, Father, go with us into the rest of this message. As we look into your word, may you guide our hearts. For this we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life is seen, number one, is seen in his words of comfort and promise, found in verses one through four, is seen in his words of comfort and promise. Listen to his words that he speaks to his disciples that day. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Close quote. 
we must remember that Jesus gave this teaching on the eve of the beginning of his crucifixion. In the previous chapter, which is chapter 13, he washed the disciples' feet, foretold that Judas would betray him and that Peter would deny him. When he told the disciples that one of them would betray him, they all looked at one another and were at a loss for words to know what he meant. Matthew's Gospels tells us this in Matthew 26, verse 22. They were very sad and began to say to him one after the other, Surely not I, Lord. Surely not I. As a matter of fact, they didn't find out it was who it was until the betrayal happened. So their emotions were in turmoil. Finally, Jesus turned to Peter that he, and said and told him that he would deny him. What a shock this was to Peter and the other disciples. I'm sure that they all thought to themselves, how could this be? Peter was the spokesman for the disciples. He was the one that would speak first all the time. He was bold and assertive. However, we learn a very valuable lesson here, and that is the Lord knows us better than we know ourselves. That's interesting, isn't it? And sometimes we think we have all the bases covers. Sometimes we think we can do it. The Lord knows more about us than we know ourselves. After Jesus foretold the actions of the disciples, they became very sad. Which is why they all needed some words of comfort at this time. So in verse 1 of chapter 14, Where did Jesus point them to find comfort? And the answer is that they were to put their faith in God and in him. When our world falls apart, God calls us to turn to him. He is the only one who will carry us through. Jesus also had been telling them that he was going to be leaving them. He was going away to prepare a place for them. They knew that he was going to heaven because Jesus said that he was going to his father's house and that they knew the way to the place where he was going. Jesus says that in his father's house, there are many rooms or mansions, which suggests that there's ample space for living. It brings along the idea that it would be a luxurious living as the Greco-Roman villas that they were all familiar with. Also, our sacrifices down here for Christ will amply be rewarded according to Matthew chapter 19, verse 29. It says this, And everyone who has left houses or brothers, or sisters, father, and mother, or children, or fields, for the sake, for my sake, will receive a hundred times as much, and will inherit eternal life. While Cheryl and I were in Belize some years ago, we toured some of the villas along the ocean beach, and they were all beautiful. There were swimming pools, palm trees, gorgeous flowers, and everything that you could hope for in a home. However, as lovely and beautiful as they were, I believe that this does not compare what heaven will be and hold for every believer who has served Christ faithfully down here. And most important, heaven won't be heaven unless Jesus is there. He will be our focus and he will be 
our joy. Jesus comforts his disciples by letting them know that they will be going with him to their mansion when he comes back. Now we come to the second point. And that is Jesus, the way and the truth in life. Number two is seen in the claims, in his claims of exclusiveness found in verses five through eight. Found in his, is seen in his claims of exclusiveness. Follow me, follow with, or pardon me, follow in your Bibles as I read verses five through eight. Thomas said to him, Lord, We don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Thomas began to inquire where Jesus was going. He had already sat under the ministry of Jesus for three years. What he was asking from the Lord is a roadmap with a step-by-step plan. And Thomas still hadn't put all the teachings of Jesus together yet with the understanding. This is when Jesus makes his emphatic claim. And what is that emphatic claim? what we've already said. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Be sure this statement is offensive to anyone who thinks they can enter heaven by another means. There is no way to make Jesus' statement, there is no way to make Jesus' statement and his demands palatable. We are all like the two thieves on the cross who are cursing Jesus. However, one thief had a change in heart and acknowledged who Jesus was and asked Jesus to remember him when he goes into his kingdom. Right then and there, Jesus pardoned him simply by the thief placing his faith in Jesus. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. No wonder Paul says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 18 through 9. Then Paul makes another comparison in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 15 through 16. For we are to God the Rome of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To one we are the smell of death and to the other the fragrance of life. It is mind-boggling to see how the same product can have different reactions on two people. It is like the smell of a steak dinner. To the starved person who has just come home from work, it is a wonderful smell to the stomach. And to the person who has the flu, when he or she smells the dinner, it makes them nauseous. When Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me, it may be offensive. It will either make you run to the cross and embrace Christ, or it'll make you furious. The cross tells us our good works aren't good enough to get us into heaven. They are unacceptable. 
in the letter that Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, he said some per- uh, he said some perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Second um, Thessalonians chapter ten verses. Uh, pardon me. Second Thessalonians chapter two verse ten and twelve through twelve says this. For this reason, God sent them the powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. Bill Crowder tells this story. Listen closely. He says, On a teaching trip outside the U.S., my wife and I were denied entry into our country of destination because, our vi- because of visa problems. Although we were under the assumption of the visas had been correctly issued by the country we planned to visit, they were deemed invalid. Despite the effort of several government officials, nothing could be done. We weren't allowed. We were placed on the next flight back to the States. No amount of intervention could change the fact that we did not have the proper validation for entrance. That experience with my visa was inconvenient, but it can't compare with the ultimate entry rejection. I'm speaking of those who will stand before God without valid entry into heaven. What if they were to present the record of their religious efforts and good deeds? That would not be enough. What if they were to call their call on their character reference? That wouldn't work either. One thing can give anyone uh, or only one thing can give anyone entrance into heaven. And Jesus said, that great, great I am. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Close quote. Christ alone, through his death and resurrection, paid the price for our sins. And only he can give a valid entry into the presence of the Father. Have you put your faith in Jesus, do you know him? Jesus is the only way into heaven, and all who come to him will not be turned away. Now we come to the last point, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. Number three is seen in the relationship with his father, verses 9 through 14, is seen in the relationship with his father. Verse 9 says this, Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for so such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I... Say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe at the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. 
And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. We have a desire to see God in some type of manifestation. That is called a theophany. Philip, as well as the other disciples, would have loved to see God in all of his power, glory, and grandeur. So would you and I. However, Jesus' reply is straightforward because it is pointed to Philip to whom and what God is really like. He asked Philip, don't you know me? Jesus makes a staggering claim by stating that he was in the Father and that the Father was in him. In other words, Jesus is the exact representation of God. If they wanted to know God the Father and what he was like, they just had to look at Jesus' life. And many people think that the God of the Old Testament is a God of wrath, who is angry and wipes out people off the face of the map when they sin. Then they think of Jesus as the as being only loving, who would never discipline anyone or get angry with anyone. And many of us today do not have a balanced picture of God. God so loved the world. God the Father so loved the world that he gave the ultimate gift, his son, to be sacrificed for our sins. It cost God everything. He did everything possible to win our hearts back. And those who refuse to repent and to turn to him will suffer the wrath of God. But it is each person's choice. And one of the pieces of evidence that Jesus is God in the flesh is the miracles that he had done according to verse 11. Listen as I read John 14 verse 11 again to you. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. Jesus never did miracles apart from his Father. But the things he did were to bring glory to the Father. The miracles proved that he was God and that God loved people by meeting their needs. However, the ultimate need of every person is redemption from sin and the restoration back into a right relationship with God. Jesus did some amazing miracles, such as turning water into wine, feeding the 5,000, walking on the water, giving the sight to the blind, raising the dead, just to mention the few. Then Jesus says in verse 12, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Here Jesus is not advocating that the disciples would do more stupendous miracles like raising the dead and feeding the 5,000, but rather by proclaiming the gospel to the great greater number of people Peter is an example when he preached the gospel at Pentecost and 3,000 came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Let let us never forget that those, all those Jesus touched eventually died physically. The greatest miracle 
is that Jesus gave us salvation of our souls and sparing us from the damnation of hell forever through dying for our sins and raising himself from the grave. The question this morning is, how do we apply the truths that we have found in this passage to our lives? Well, first is this. Jesus brings words of comfort to his to the disciples when they were discouraged. Jesus has told them in the previous chapter, chapter 13, that he was going to be leaving them and one of them would betray him and one was going to deny him. When the disciples were discouraged, Jesus brought them comfort by telling them about their future destiny, where, um, where heaven um, would be. When you and I are depressed. We must remember our future home and reward. It is heaven where Jesus is. That is where our, our, our encouragement comes from. We focus on Christ. We focus on eternity. We focus on also Jesus being with us as he walks with us. Second, when we hear that Jesus is the only way to heaven, this is, a beautiful, this is beautiful music to everyone who finds Jesus as their Lord and Savior. However, it is also the reverse for everyone who is rejecting Christ. As the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 19, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved. It is the power of God. Therefore, how ought you and I to live? We need to be praying and telling as many people as we can about our new life in Christ that we have found. And we need to be telling people what Jesus can, be do, can do for them. Remember Andrew when he found Jesus? He quickly ran to his brother Peter and he said to him, We have found the Messiah. Come and see him. And Peter went and found the Messiah and placed his faith in him. It was only one person telling another person. And so we too can tell others what Jesus has done for us. And we can tell others that they can find new life in Christ too. This morning, this week, write down ten names of people you know who have not met Jesus yet and begin to pray for them daily. God will begin to work as you begin to pray. And remember, you may never lead those people to Christ. But as you pray, God will be preparing their hearts so that one day when they hear the gospel, they too will have an opportunity to have Jesus come into their lives and have their lives turned around. Third, the greatest miracle that Jesus did for you and I was to give his life so that we can receive eternal life when we come to faith in Christ. As believers, you and I ought to be the most thankful and joyous people on the face of the earth because we will spend eternity with Jesus forever. Just think about that. There's sorrows and there's trials and there's difficulties down here. But as we walk with the Lord, we have our eye on the future. This world is not our home. We are only passing through. If you have not surrendered your heart to Christ, there's no better time than to do it now. 
And you can do it now by praying this prayer. You can simply say to Jesus, Jesus, I come to you in faith, and I ask you to forgive me my sins, and I give control of my life to you. If you pray that prayer and you're sincere and humble, Jesus will honor that prayer, and he will come in and change your life. I leave you with the sixth greatest I am claim of Jesus and his promise. And that was found in John chapter 14, verse 6, which we have gone through a number of times. Remember this, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Would you join us for the closing number, God be with you till we meet again. in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are, uh, that you sent Jesus into the world and you are the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, we thank you that every person that places their faith in you will find eternal life. And Lord, we pray that you would make us vessels that we can reach out in love to others. And so we pray, Lord, this week, help us to focus on those who do not know you Help us to write down ten names that we can be praying for every day and we can watch you work as we are faithful in bringing these individuals before you. Now I pray, Father, that you will go with us. Give us your strength, your mercy, 
For this we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Of course, in Romans chapter 15, verse 13, the Apostle Paul says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for coming and joining with us this morning as we worship the Lord together. And we trust that you will be back next week where you can worship with us again. Thank you for watching.